Stop being stupid, people. All bets are off. You all suck. I'm Marenzi Unfiltered. Scumbags! Get on the grid, sports grid, Marenzi Unfiltered, the podcast. I am Marenzi. Let's uh, do this thing. Let's bring in the crazy Aussie right now, Mick Aussie, rolling the streets of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Sounds like a wrestler from Australia, Adelaide. And speaking of Adelaide, of course, Mick's Adelaide uh, Crows have been caught practicing uh, illegally. Illegally. <laughs> Sounds like something Tom Brady would do and the Patriots would do. But uh, what's going on, Mick? Ha, 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 as Kawhi says. Yes, the media in Australia, they don't have much to talk about. But the Crows, they were training on the golf course up in my old town near Nuriutpa where I used to go and chase women as a kid, mate. They were only meant to train in pairs, but they got caught eight training in a group. But Australia's doing well. We're opening up, mate. We're doing very well down there with COVID-19. Well, you know what? There's all kinds of news, actually. I wanted to get to the Denver Broncos schedule, but we have all kinds of news uh, from the AFL. And things. it seems like there's a lot of controversy um, and a lot of different opinions right now. A lot of players don't feel as if though um, they don't feel as if a lot of players don't seem to want to come back and play. Some some players do. Um, the league wants everyone in uh, to get a flu shot. And, oh, boy, here we come with the vaccination type stuff. And here you have a bunch of players saying they don't want to get a flu shot. <laughs> like, uh, here's Gold Coast. Uh, David Swallow says uh, the AFL can't force players to get flu shots. If they don't want to get a flu shot, you can't force a, a player to get a, a flu shot. There was talk about, well, you can't play if you don't get the flu shot. But I see that they backed off that. Uh, flu shots will not be mandatory for AFL players right now, Nick. Well, I have my own opinions on flu shots. I've never had one. I use my uh, oil of oregano. It doesn't help a flu, but it helps a cold. But I don't like the feeling of injecting an old flu bug into me that then <laughs> makes me sick anyway. It's controversial. I think it's a bit of a government. I don't know. I think the pharmaceuticals are making a lot of money on these flu shots. But, yeah, well, the NRL, the rugby, they're coming back in late May, and they were made to get one. So oh, they were, huh? That game. Yeah, the NRL were made. The guy running the NRL in Sydney, he's causing some trouble. He also runs the horse races up there, so I think it's too early. But that said, Australia is doing very well in containing COVID-19. 25 million people, and they have about the same number of cases as Alberta as a whole. So the young kids playing, get them out there. But like we've said before, it is risky. And like your column you sent me last night, where some players in some sports are going to be asked to waive their rights. I can't see that happening, Gabe. Um, So, no, this this is where we're getting at right now. And I understand that. And you know what? You know, we're not going to get into the, the vaccination debate and stuff. Um, for me personally, I'll just say, if you have a kid and stuff, your kid is definitely vulnerable to things, right? Like somebody's nut job parents said, oh, no, 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 I'm not getting my kid anything. And then their kids end up getting everything, chicken pox, the measles, and you know what I mean? They get sick all the time. But the flu shot's another thing, too. I don't get the flu shot, Mick. You know what I mean? I'm not getting knocked up, and I don't have a big problem with the flu ever, really. Like, uh, 
Yeah, say same thing. And I can understand players. It's interesting. So rugby players just said, all right, fine. We'll get the damn flu shot uh, if you want to play. Uh, so it's, it's funny here. AFL commissioner Steve Hawking, he's getting upset right now. And nothing is like overly serious, uh, but there's just sort of been a daily stream of stories of AFL players doing stupid things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so AFL boss Stephen, uh, Steve Hawking told club uh, football chiefs that players and all staff uh, better start observing the protocols uh, and uh, their behaviors better change carefully in order for the AFL competition uh, to go ahead. Uh, they're actually talking about suspensions now. Like if you were seen screwing around and stuff, you're not playing when you come back, when they come back. Hawking caution clubs to follow a series of social distancing controversy involving AFL and NRL players. Uh, one source described a message uh, with Hawking saying, we don't anyone uh, want anyone else to fuck, uh, to uh, F this up, excuse me, <laughs> stumbled there to, uh, to F this up about them coming back. They're trying to come back, but they're worried because players are doing stupid things. We talked about Adelaide secretly training behind the scenes. Um, there was a couple other dudes that partied a couple of weeks ago. Brisbane Lions CEO Greg Swan uh, says that uh, players that breach protocols right now should be suspended for 10 weeks. They're not playing around, Mick. Wow. Well, a couple of stories that we haven't talked about. Two guys were really stupid. They got drunk. One guy was point one two three. Lockie Hunter, this was a couple of weeks ago, got drunk and he ploughed into four cars and then called his teammate and took off and then reckons he had a drink afterwards. So he's in trouble. He's up for maybe about three hundred grand in uh, fixing the wrecked cars because, as you know, if you're over the limit, you can't get insurance. And then another Crows player, a young fella, Tyson Stengel, he got done drink driving too, and he was driving an unregistered car. So a couple of players have got in trouble. But the big sad news, mate, is a former player and coach of North Melbourne, and he also played for your West Coast Eagles. He's 53 years old. He got in a bit of trouble, and unfortunately the police, the police took a picture of him in the police station and it went viral on social media and he was pictured in women's clothing. So big disgrace whether the newspapers should have published that picture. I don't think they should have. Major, major um, bad mistake by the young policeman that posted that picture and it went viral Sunday, mate. Terrible, eh? Man, sounds like uh, yeah, quarantine. Uh, you guys are beating the uh, beating the virus, but <laughs> you're beating the virus in Australia. But <laughs> sounds like the virus is uh, still still causing chaos in the AFL. And uh, here's more controversy uh, from the AFL. I like this. People are getting heated right now. Collingwood president Eddie McGuire hits back at those who accuse the uh, Victorian clubs of having uh, an advantage. Port Adelaide players Travis Bulk and Tom Rockcliffe have recently questioned how Victorian clubs always uh, play uh, in their home state, citing Richmond seven straight games at the MCG leading into the finals last year, and they're getting sick of it. They think that there's a bias. Um, Eddie says, people say stupid things. There's no bias. They don't understand the history. They don't know the contracts. What do you make of this, uh, Mick? Is there a bias? 
Oh, well, I'm from Adelaide, mate. I'm actually absolutely going to stick up for the interstate team. And yes, Melbourne, sure, it is the hub of the AFL. The previous VFL was the strongest league. SANFL was second. AFL, most teams are in Melbourne. Of course, they get an advantage. I mean, the grand final was always played at the MCG in Melbourne. Well, because it holds 100,000 people, that's natural. But yeah, Richmond got a great run last year, seven games in a row, and then the grand final was played at the MCG. Yes, I'll stick up for the interstate teams, including your West Coast Eagles, the Crows, the Port Adelaide Power, Pap Smears, the Brisbane Lions, the Sydney teams. Absolutely, I'll stick up for a mate. Eddie Maguire, he's good, he's very good, but he's uh, in the media and a president of a football club, so there's often conflict of interest coming out of Eddie Maguire's mouth, but generally he's all right. Yeah, but he makes he makes a good point, actually, uh, when he says we're either playing Richmond, Hawthorne, Essendon, Carlton, or Melbourne, who also all play. There are teams that play at Marvel who play a lot of games at the MCG uh, anyways. So he's basically stating it's not like they have some massive advantage against the other teams uh, that they're playing in that stadium. Uh, but it sounds like you guys better get back on the field because you guys are starting to uh, you're starting to argue about everything uh, right now. So we'll see when the Denver Broncos uh, get back on the field. But uh, we were excited about the Broncos um, draft, like the uh, like the direction the Broncos are going in. So the schedule uh, is released, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, interesting. They actually play on Monday Night Football, man. There, if the season would start in week one, which I'm not so sure it is, and we just talked with Bano about this, I'm thinking, and the NFL actually is thinking, that uh, week five, week five is sort of a, the real startup uh, date that would be um, October the 8th. But let's just say they start in week one. The Titans will play the Denver Broncos, Monday Night Football. Broncos get uh, their home opener, Monday Night Football, against the Titans. And uh, you know what? The Broncos are actually favored. Uh, in this football game. So the Broncos would host the Titans in week one. Then it would be Broncos at Steelers week two. Kind of tough right there. Uh, Buccaneers at Broncos. Ooh, Tom Brady goes back to Denver maybe. Then Broncos at Jets. That's not easy, actually. Broncos at Patriots. That's when I think the season could start, actually. Broncos, uh, Broncos, Patriots in week five. Looking at this Broncos schedule, Mick, then Dolphins at Broncos, uh, Dolphins at uh, Broncos, uh, Chiefs at Broncos, Broncos at Falcons, Broncos at Raiders, Chargers at Broncos, Saints at Broncos, Broncos at Chiefs, Broncos at Panthers, Bills at Broncos, Broncos at Chargers, Raiders at Broncos. It's a difficult schedule, actually. It's not an easy schedule you've got here. Gabe, I'm right. I, I, uh, you're right. I've got it. I've got it written here, and I have like eight games that are very hard. The home games I have hard are the Saints, the Bucks, the Titans, and I'm going to include your Bills in there. They're on the up. away. I have the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Chiefs. So I have eight very hard games. Chiefs at home as well is going to be really tough. So, but we all know. So much of the Broncos is going to depend on the quarterback, Drew Locke. So if he progresses, I think we're a chance to maybe go 9-7 and seven if he plays well. There you go. 9-7 and seven in this schedule. You know, yeah, I, could, I, you know, I think it, that, that's, that, that's kind of realistic. 
um, eight and eight, maybe nine, nine. You know, I could see nine and seven. I like what they're doing. Like I said, I like the draft a lot. The offense should be greatly improved uh, this year. You know, you know, the defense is going to be good, and the defense could even be better. And Vic Fangio's second year, the Denver Broncos win total over under is seven and a half right now, Nick. So I'm, I would look Whoa. at the over of that. I think they can get the. We have to get the eight wins to win the bet. Well, if it starts. I mean, I'm going to be straight out here, Gabe. Your country's in a mess. I know you're Canadian, but America's in a mess. I mean, so many cases, and the country's opening up. I mean, I don't blame them. You can't not keep working, but I, I just are very sceptical. You know, is the government going to come down and let them play? Of course I hope it does. The NFL's my favourite sport to watch on TV, even above the AFL. Yes, I said it. I love watching the NFL more than any other sport but Gabe your country's in a mess it's I watch CNN and it's just crazy the number of cases and it's going to get worse with all these all these states opening up so I do fear for the future mate we're pretty good up here and in Australia but oh America's a bit of a mess Gabe yeah I can't uh, I can't disagree and it's a problem um you know at least you know you have to be unified with something like this that's the whole thing like if one part of the country is a problem, then it's a problem for the entire country. But they don't look at it like that in the U.S. They figure, well, it's just New York, and it's just all people, and it's just that part, and it's just this city, so don't worry about it. But it'll be their city in the future, right? Like, if you, like you said, if you don't beat it, it'll just keep popping up everywhere. And it's amazing, too, because these people love football, right? They love football in Texas. They love football in Georgia. And it's pretty crazy. It's ironic that their stupidity actually might cost them football. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it, might, it might end up costing them football just because they want to go get their nails done or they're all freaking out about getting a haircut. It's tough, though. Like you said, there's no, there's no right answer. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you know, people can't stay inside forever. That's not a strategy, right? But at the same point in time, you can't just open things up and pretend like there's nothing wrong. That's not a strategy either. So you're right. It's disappointing. There's no strategy. And, you know, I, I brought this up before, Mick. The sport, let's be real. Like a lot of these commissioners and sports leagues are smarter than the politicians are, right? And they know, like, all right, it's going to be a challenge, but we could do this, but we'd have to get this many tests. We'd have to do this. We'd have to do that. But we're going to look back. Right, like imagine like right now if like the NBA said, hey, all right, we're going to play because we just bought 100,000 tests and nurses aren't even getting tested still right now. So they know they're going to look bad. And I think the leagues are like, well, we need to wait this out for a couple of months until there's like mainstream testing everywhere and people won't get mad at us when we do this. But as you stated, the government screwed it up so hard, it's never getting better. It's just getting worse. So imagine, Mick, you know what I mean? These commissioners are like, man, if everyone would just go by the guidelines, we could actually play in a couple of months. But if everyone just keeps opening up these pockets everywhere, you're right. It just keep could going on for like the next, you know, it could go on for the next 36 months, to be honest. What I found really interesting, Gabe, was, yeah, they blocked the flights from China early enough. And I still believe U.S. blocked them before Canada. But what happened, all the people from Europe were coming into your city of New York. That was reported this week. 
that America really copped it bad because of the flights coming into New York and then spreading everywhere. So that's yeah, it wasn't China exactly. Like it started in China, but ultimately it didn't come to America from China. It went from China to Europe, and then all the American tourists and cruise ships and uh, and Europeans. You're right, three million. I saw Tim. Three million Europeans came into New York City in one month through the airport. Like, you know what I mean? And it was running rampant there, right? Like, so that's that's the whole thing. Like, once it's in, once it's out there, like, it's like, who cares where it started? Right? It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's it is China's fault. They started it. It is what it is. It was a man-made, probably, right? Like, we can get into all that. But it's like, if it's like if somebody starts a fire and they're an arsonist. But the fire department shows up and suddenly like it turns into an explosion and the fire department <laughs> makes it worse and starts like, you know what I mean? Now like the entire city's on fire. Like you're not, I'm not even mad at the arsonist anymore. It's like, what are you, what are you guys idiots at the fire department? You keep on making it worse, <laughs> but we, we got to get out of here. We can go on and on about this. Stay safe. Mick Aussie, get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stop being stupid, people. All bets are off. You all suck. On Marenzi Unfiltered. Scumbags! Get on the grid, sports grid, Morenzi Unfiltered, the podcast. I am Morenzi. Let's uh, do this thing. Bring in a man uh, who is uh, on the front lines delivering packages. As uh, people say, open up, open up. Uh, things never closed for Mick Aussie, who steps up. And What's going on, Mick? How you doing? Yes, mate. Short notice, and I had to get moving into the gear like a Ferrari Formula 1 the last half hour. But all good, mate. Things are good, and... I can actually go for a beer tonight if I wanted to. So pubs and restaurants are opening in Edmonton, but not in Calgary. So we got another one up on Calgary, mate. So you can, but does that mean you will? And I imagine the answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not tonight. Thursday night is not my night. I always prepare. Well, I used to prepare for you Friday morning. But, yeah, tomorrow night I'm going to duck in and hopefully my local bar is open and sit at the bar two feet, two metres from anywhere else and have a couple of nice big cold pints. It's something I've missed, actually. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that so much, actually. i got to be honest, uh, Mick. Like, you're, you, you have beer at home. You've got pints at home, right? So... So what you miss, like sitting in sitting in a room with a bunch of strangers and stuff that you don't know, like like I don't understand that whole thing. Like I saw a picture in Wisconsin, same thing. They're like, oh, the bars were able to open today, and they showed, and it was just a bunch of fat dudes in Harley Davidson t-shirts sitting in a dark bar, drinking, like all sitting right next to each other. It's like, all right, great, I guess like that's living it up to you. That's the life. But I hear what you're saying, Mick. I miss. I miss the interaction. You're you're a social person, right? So you like talking to people out there. Yeah, mate. I love like talking to the barman and a couple of local lads. And it's something I've done more in Edmonton than other cities because I used to work too much. But yeah, well, you know, when we you and I hung out at UFC on that Friday night and we we're talking to those Irish fellas, I just love times like that, mate. Love it. Yeah, but you know, you know, it's almost like you're years away. Like especially when you go to a football game. 
you're drinking, you're walking around, you're talking to everybody, you're filming everybody. Those days are gone for a couple of years, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, now that there's no sports, well, UFC's on, I've just focused on uh, a project and trying to get as many people and important people to watch the movie I made because the craziness I did back then from 1999 to 2005 in the soft, politically crack world we're in now, I don't think I could repeat it as good as what I did then anyway. So thanks to Window Will, your mate there. He loved it and a few others as well. All right, so why don't you tell people tuning in right now, tell us about your movie, Mick. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's from 1999 to 2005 and it's sports comedy and it's naturally occurring stuff. And as you know, I was one of the first people to have a true digital camera. Hey, I've lost a little bit of film quality, but I still watch Jerry Seinfeld and laugh my head off. So I think comedy will last for years and years. And it's at NFL games and CFL games and a lot so now, of very now, funny mates. Very funny mates. Now you're comparing yourself to Seinfeld. <laughs> no, not at all. I'd love Jerry and Kramer to watch it, though. <laughs> you're comparing now, now Mick's comparing himself. You seem surprised. You're like, all right, thank you for letting me play the movie. Well, you brought it up, so I figured, yeah, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you tell people about it. But So what is it? You compiled, you sort of put together all your sort of years of travels uh, as Mick Aussie on the sports scene and uh, everything. Um, so what, 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 what is it all about? Yeah, absolutely. I'm at Denver Broncos game, at Minnesota Monday Night Football, Packers-Vikings. I'm at Seattle game interviewing Darren Bennett, 25 minutes of my best Grey Cup stuff. I'm in Pro Bowl Hawaii, and it's comedy. And like I said, some of the guys that I got friends with, they're hilarious. And I did some crazy stuff as well. You're in it when I'm in the studio with you at the score, so... It was really hard to get back to one and a half hours. That, I had so much content, as you know, Gabe, and just comedy, naturally occurring comedy. Yeah, and you really were one of the first people, um, you know, to, to have a their own website. And as you stated now, if you think about it, listen, everybody, everybody's everybody got websites, everybody, you know, Periscope and videos, and, and it's just common uh, right now. But you really were ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was, Gabe, and I always remember when uh, you first got me on. I'm in the Montreal Alouette locker rooms after they won the Grey Cup here in Edmonton in 2002. I emailed a few radio stations in Montreal, and you were the one that got back to me, and, God, that was 17 and a half years ago now. So, yeah, it's been a fun ride, a lot of ups and downs, and uh, a lot of fun. Got a lot of stories, just like you have, mate. Um. So what what was the highlight though the uh, the Warren Moon interview you getting interviewed by Warren Moon? Oh, from a professional athlete point of view, that would be it. Uh, but from a comedy slash worldwide entertainment point of view, would be uh, carrying the cardboard cutout of Pamela Anderson around, and then she actually laughed at me, and I had a uh, I had a conversation with the real Pamela Anderson. So that's probably the biggest thing on a worldwide level because, well, she was the biggest thing since Marilyn Monroe, as we all know. Well, so what you're saying, well, I don't know if she's the biggest thing since Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> she was big, though. You're right. She, she was big uh, because of her other big things. But, uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is Pam Anderson, Pam, Pam, Pam Anderson's in your movie then? 
Absolutely. I'm talking to her. I'm in the, the Grey Cup parade where she was the uh, parade marshal. I was in the media section just before the massive crowd. I'm standing there with this full-size full cardboard cutout of her in her Baywatch bikinis and the spare Aussie hat on. And the guy in the car with her just starts laughing and then she starts laughing and she goes, you put some clothes on her. I said, don't worry, baby, I'm keeping you warm. So, yeah, that's probably my fun uh, one-sentence conversation. That's good. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. Like, you're not, uh, you're not lying. She was actually, she's actually been in your movie. So, so I wanted to ask you, Mick, there's people, a lot of people um, right now, everybody wants sports back and there's um, the Major League Baseball owners have done a good job of making it seem like the players are just like, oh, it'll be all their fault if they don't play because they're greedy. And um, no one ever really brings up safety. But, and you know, you see people when they bitch about players after, and, you know, it was the same thing in Australia. Remember, in the AFL, some guys were like, this isn't even safe. Like, And then people basically always say the same thing. Shut up. I get up every morning. I go to work. I work for 15 bucks an hour. I work for 12 bucks an hour. You can go play AFL footy or you can go play you can go play baseball. But the thing is, that's, you know, you don't have the same skill as they do. And it's amazing to me that people don't seem to get that when they say, "Oh, I only make 12 bucks an hour and this guy's complaining about that." You know, well, you know what? If you had a 99 mile an hour fastball or if you could run over people, and you are a superstar athlete, and then you would make more than $15 an hour. You're not. So I don't know why you expect them to. But you are a classic working guy. You know, you're out there. You're delivering packages. Uh, you're, you're, you know, it's it's a middle of a pandemic. It's not as terrible where you are as some other places. But you are the working man. What do you think about players that say, screw that. I'm not playing if it's not safe. It's really interesting, Gabe, and I'll, I'm going to refer to this. You interviewed Peter King, and I'm sitting right next to you in the Houston Super Bowl. Now, Peter King got the first interview, but even before Roger Goodell with Dr. Fucci, who's up there next to Donald Trump, he explained it fantastically. Fauci, Fauci that's Fauci. it. Fauci, Fauci. He explained it amazingly, because you and I have talked before about Oh, worried about sweating on each other. And even Peter King said the same thing. And Dr. Fauci basically says, listen, it can't be transferred through sweat. If an NFL player or a baseball player wipes his nose, it gets on his hand, then it gets on his trousers, then the running back tackles the guy and it gets on him so it can spread. And it's a fantastic interview where he said, if three players test positive on a Sunday morning of upcoming NFL they should not play at all for two weeks. So I suggest everyone listen to that because it was fantastic. And yes, money, these guys are rich. But isn't it sad listening to the owners and the players? They're both millionaires and multi-billionaires. It drives me nuts to some level. But yeah, safety's important, absolutely. Yeah, I know, but I don't know why people take the side of the billionaires over the millionaires. It's like sure, it's you know what I mean. I I don't I never understand that. Like why, like why why you know why do people support the the uber rich guy over the athlete who's trying to look out for his best interest? I I just never understand that. 
Well, they obviously, uh, they want sports to happen, and it happens when they go through the CBAs and whatever. So that that's probably the reason. They want but sports, man? Listen, you're Australian. They want sports. How about they get off the, the freaking couch? They're fat ass. I'm looking out my window right now. I see people jogging, riding bicycles, kid on a skateboard just zoom by. They're living sports. You know what I'm saying? It's just funny. Like, people, I brought it up to you before, Mick. Everybody's like, oh, it's terrible. We want to go out. We want things to be to normal again. And whatever. As soon as it's normal again, people are just going to be sitting on a couch watching TV all the time anyways. <laughs> You're a pretty active person. But I see people. I see people bitching on Twitter all day, Mick. I'm like, I, I'm like, you haven't left your house in ten years, bro. You, you know, even before when it was normal, like half these people are just online crying about things all the time, right? It's unbelievable. Listen, is this ideal? No, but I find it comical. The whole reason people become rich is so they don't have to go work in the middle of a pandemic and die. <laughs> That's the isn't that the point of being rich, Mick? So you don't have to do things you don't want to do. I don't. Isn't that like the point of being rich? Absolutely, and I was hearing today, was it one of the Tampa Bay uh, baseball players doesn't want to play and everyone's ripping into him, say, you're dead, right? If you're rich, you protect yourself and your family, and, and it's crazy how it transfers. Like, they can play tennis in Calgary now. I'm not allowed to play tennis for another week because they're worried about touching the same tennis ball. Like, that's getting a bit out of hand, but whew, it's crazy how it spreads, mate. Well, put it this way. You play tennis with your girlfriend, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so that shouldn't... See, exactly. So that's, you know, you're already, you know, kissing her and whatever, right? Like, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the whole, like, yeah, you got to play tennis. It's like, I, you know what? I, I would play tennis with a stranger now, but if they were wearing gloves, I wouldn't want to touch it. But the thing is, even if they're wearing gloves, like, if they're... You know, I see a thing here, Mick, about, and you didn't believe me, man. Remember you asked me about the uh, the farting, and I told yeah. you, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not good. I said, close the toilet seat, and you saw it was true. <laughs> I said, close the toilet seat after you go to bed, you know, the arrow size, whatever. Um, here's one for, like, people that are worried about fans and sporting events. Talking loud. Talking loud <laughs> leaves coronavirus in the air for up to 14 minutes. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that, that's going to end well, Mick, right? Getting thousands of people because no one talks loud at a sporting event, right? Like, people are just wow. going to be, like, yelling and, like, it's just going to be virus all over the air, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be sitting, like, in one row, some guy four rows behind you. I've been there, Mick. I, I know. I've spilled drinks, yelled. I'm yelling, spraying, like, beer out of my mouth everywhere. You know what I mean? We've all done it. We know what sporting events are like. like it's it's going to be a circus. They were saying they can't, even if they bring fans back to NFL games, they're like, yeah, we can't give them alcohol. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't. It'll turn into a circus if everyone's drunk. But, you know, crazy times right now, Mick. Well, that's, you know, that annoys me because this is, you and I talked about this for weeks. The government here said six weeks ago, no, you don't need to wear masks. It's only because they bloody well didn't have any. We all could have been wearing masks six weeks ago. I know. So, and also, this six-feet rule, two-meter rule, listen, it's uh, you know this, Gabe, it's probably only 70 to 80% safe. So it's it's just a guide, and too many around the world, and I saw some show last night in Colorado, I believe, 
where these people had just jam-packed this cafe. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, what are they thinking? you got to smarten up, you know? No, you're exactly right. And, you know, I hope you stay safe at the bar. If it's packed, just go back another time because that's the whole thing. Hopefully the owners of the bars are smart. Because, listen, I, you know, I feel the same way. I, I, would go, I would go into a pub. I'd sit down. I'd have a drink. Um, I like empty bars anyways, right? So, like, you know, but sitting, like, you know, like a, a whole row mic, like where every seat's taken and stuff like it used to be and, like, all packed and bathrooms and, like, there's no way in hell I would do that. I saw a bunch of people getting off a bus in London, England the other day. It's like one of those double-decker deals, man. No one was wearing masks, bro. They were going to work in the morning. It was just like hundreds and hundreds of people. It's like I was, I was nearly sick to my stomach. And I'm not a germaphobe at all either. But now I'm like, oh, my God. Right? Like, there's no way in hell. Like, I don't even like getting – I don't even get in elevators when there's like more than one or two other people. Like, you know, one person I'll live with, but a couple, I'm like, oh, God, I got to get in. Like, even, even hot chicks, Mick. There was some hot chick, you know, normally it would be like, oh, cool, some hot chick rolls in. She's got, like, her uh, her jogging wear on, the Lululemon and all that. She's all sweating and stuff. No mask, Mick. Sweating, huffing, and puffing in the elevator. And I'm thinking, what, because you're hot and you think, like, I don't care that you're, like, a cesspool of uh, germs right now? <laughs> you know? Like, really? But no, I'm hot, so I guess it's all right. But, man, you know. The world right now, it's, it's people are proving their stupidity on all sides right now. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's, it's craziness. But if I was younger and single, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I'd probably risk it with a hot chick. So I'm, I can't comment. I'm older and got a girlfriend. I'm a bit lucky right now. I've had my down points in life, but I'm kind of feeling a bit lucky up here in Edmonton. And back home, oh, South so would Australia I, is very safe too. So would I, and I'm being real too. Like you know, people in different times in their lives. Listen, you and I are in our mid thirties. We're not young anymore, right? So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But that's the whole thing. It's like if I was 22 right now, I'd have a different thought about everything that I do right now, right? But as as someone that I am now, I've been around long enough to know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm dumb. Like I might bet on uh, big money. I might have been dumb enough to put big money on the Panthers against the Broncos, but I'm not done enough, dumb enough to get on a bus with 300 people. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Mick, stay safe out there. Always a pleasure. All right. Have a good weekend, and lucky you got some UFC on back on, mate. See you later, eh? Mick Aussie. Marenzi Unfiltered. Get on the grid. All right, let's rock. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing. We've got another stack uh, show. You got Minnesota and Vancouver. Vancouver minus 136. I do think the Canucks would win there. We'll get back to the pucks. Do we have this Mick Aussie ready to go? What's going on, Mick? Yeah, doing good, mate, and uh, I'll take the Oilers as well, and Edmonton should be a hub city because we've got hardly any cases of COVID-19, and by then I reckon we'll have some fans in the crowd in the magnificent new arena. No, here, mate. no, no. No fans. <laughs> looking good, Mick. Looking good, i got to yeah, say. looking real good. Uh, Strong. No, 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 no. Listen, I don't have a problem with Edmonton as a hub city. No fans. Like, you know, we don't want you there. You can't go, Mick. You know, no fans. <laughs> Listen, we're doing way better here than probably anywhere in Canada, Nelly. We've only got a few, few.
few cases in the whole city of Edmonton. So by the time the NHL do get going, which if they get going, we might have it totally under control and the fans can sit there and they can go and feed the chooks over the Oilers because they love them here, mate. They love them, as you know. All right, uh, Mitch. So listen, I wanted to get to this with Pete, uh, Pete Blackburn because he tweeted this out. Hank Azaria, who uh, you know is part of Spinal Tap and, of course, the voice of uh, many characters on The Simpsons, it's funny because I tweeted this out last week. I was thinking about it. And uh, he said the first concert that he went to. And he asked people, what's your first concert? What venue? What year? What venue? What tour? Uh, et cetera. And for the record, Hank Azaria's first show was Madison Square Garden, Jethro Tull. Wow. On a park bench. Park bench. Down. down his nose. Down his nose. Uh, 1976, Madison Square Garden, Jethro Tull was Hank Azaria's uh, first show. Now, Pete from CBS, we didn't get to it, but I saw him tweeting. He said, one of the only cool things about me is his first show that he ever saw was Pearl Jam uh, before. So obviously more recent than Jethro Tull in 76. We'll get to Cam in a second. Uh, Mick, do you remember your first concert? I know it's probably about 62 years ago. (laughs) Uh, but uh, you're Australian. Did you see ACDC in a bar or something like that, Mick? Um, no, Olivia Newton-John. No, Olivia Newton-John, maybe. What's your first concert, Mick? Oh, you'll love this one. In uh, 1967, 1980, so I was about, well, I can't tell my age. I went and saw In Excess in a Thebby theater of about 3,000 people before they got famous. And then my mate rammed in my car on the way home. So In Excess were fantastic. And as you know, the lead singer hung himself in Sydney. But they were fantastic. My favourite band, In Excess. Yeah, I've seen In Excess live before. Devil inside. Devil. Very, very good yeah. band. Good, good, uh, good, good band. Yeah, strange. Yeah, I'm almost strange been... yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of interesting, Gabe. Uh I don't even want to tell you, like, my first concert. It's kind of, it's kind of embarrassing, but my brother's 10 years older than me. But uh, So we went to, uh, you know, Kingswood Music Theater there at the Wonderland, and I saw uh, Simple Minds and uh, Psychedelic Furs, two uh, premier bands of the 80s. I was nine years old, so I was a pretty young guy. I'm not going to say my first show was, like, Pearl Jam or, you know, something very, very impressive, but they put on a good show. I was a kid. I was just happy to be there. Not really uh, legendary uh, bands or anything like that. The first band, uh, the first concert I saw, you know, I, I, at first I, I was like, man, was it this or that? But I had to look up the date just to clarify which came first. And uh, it was Kiss. I Ooh. saw Kiss in ni- 1979, the Dynasty Tour. Um, they came up through the floor, actually. They came up through the ground. Uh, the <laughs> Dynasty yeah, the, Di- you know, the Dynasty Tour. And I was supposed to see them a year before, actually, but it was sold out. I remember I was upset. My mother couldn't get tickets. And uh, so, yeah, nine years old, I saw Kiss. Unlike Mick, I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah not nine years old. Mick thinks he's running for office still, right? Like, uh, <laughs> can't, can't, share, can't, can't, share his, uh, can't share his age. All right, Mick, so AFL football is coming back once again. So here we are. They already tried this. They started. They stopped after after one one game, one one round of games. Now they're back again. They're coming back. Yet this time it's for real, Mick. Uh, what's your take? Yes, 
Thursday night, June the 11th. So we're going to have a six-week-plus head start on the NBA and the NHL. And it's a ripper to start it. Thursday night is the Collingwood Magpies versus the reigning premiers, the Richmond Tigers. The Tigers are currently seven and a half points spread. Well, it's an early one, but I would take the Tigers to win and maybe the Magpies to cover that because you don't know. They're going to go into hubs. The Crows and the Power and the Eagles and the Dockers, they're flying up to Queensland because of the state quarantine rules. But all go. Thursday week, mate. Can't wait. Round two should be a ripper of a game to start it off. Yeah, just for the record, for people wondering, because um, a lot of people, to, to, to a lot of people, a ripper is a stripper. Uh, yes, right? Correct. But uh, uh, yeah, a ripper. <laughs> Cam's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, a ripper in Australia means a great game. It's great game, a great ripper. Can to be yeah. a ripper. I like a ripper. Sounds smooth. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Rippers, strippers, rippers, great games. I got to ask you, Mick, and Gabe, I know Gabe's West Coast Eagles. Give me one team, one future that I could bet on, Mick. You know me, that I could throw down some money and enjoy the season, hopefully cash in. What do you think? Well, the top teams will be, again, probably similar. But as we know, it could be different. All these people coming out of uh, staying home and some boys getting in trouble. I think the GWS, they might go all the way. They came runners-up last year. I always like the Eagles as well. The Bombers are on the up, but they probably might get top eight, top four. Magpies will be good, but, yeah, the Richmond Tigers have won two of the last three. They have amazing depth, so Tigers are probably favourite to win it all. But take the GWS, they might challenge again this year. Richmond are plus 350. Richmond are plus 350 to win it all. Uh, the West Coast Eagles, plus 500. Uh, Collingwood, Magpies, uh, plus 500. Great Western Sydney, 6-1. to one. Western Bulldogs, 14 to 1. Brisbane Lions, 14 to 1. The Hawthorne Hawks, 16 uh, to 1. You know what, Mick? Um, wow. What's up with your Adelaide Crows, Mick? You guys are like the Cleveland Browns of like the AFL. <laughs> like you're right at the bottom. Like, man, you guys used to be mighty. The Adelaide Crows. I'm like, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. You're 80 to 1 to win the, oh, the, the, the grand final. <laughs> 80 to 1, Mick. Yes, since that disaster a few years ago when we were favourite to win the grand final, we have been terrible, and it's the first rebuild ever in the history of the Crows. They got a new coach, they got rid of some players, so yes, we are definitely in the rebuild, but week one, week they, we play the Power Paps in Adelaide, so don't write them off there. Power Paps are favourite, but yeah, Crows will be... Probably missing the eight in rebuild, mate. Definitely rebuild season, which has been long overdue, actually, because the old-time fellas have been disappointing after that grand final loss. Hey, listen, we've said this before. We're going to say it again. AFL football, guys, it's not just a league that, oh, yeah, you're going to bet on it a bit. I'm telling you, you're going to want to watch this stuff. It's on at a great time of the night, too, the day. comes on at, like, midnight, 1230. It's not too late, actually. You get a game at like 11.45, midnight or so, uh, Eastern time. There'll be another one at about 2 in the morning. And if you're a real degenerate, you're on the West Coast, there's a bunch of like 5, 6 in the morning uh, type of stuff. But it's not just like a league, oh, I'm desperate to bet on something. 
Like, let's be real. Everyone's betting on Korean baseball, but it's kind of boring, and you're just betting on it because it's there. This NFL stuff, the games fly by. Like, you'll get into it. You'll pick up. The rules are very simple. You'll pick it up uh, very quickly. It's very fast-paced. It's, it's anything but boring. It's very, oh. very a fast, fast-paced sport. Um, you know, less scoring than it used to be. Uh, a little, a little bit less scoring than it used to be, um, but very, very fast-paced, electric, fun, fun, fun sport uh, to watch. And um, you know, this is a chance right now, Mick. This summer, we're seeing the Bundesliga soccer league in Germany is getting massive numbers. Okay, I don't want to call the skins game boring because Cam's like, I wasn't that boring. But you know, six million people are six million people are watching NASCAR races now, Mick. I'm telling you, it's an opportunity for AFL football to get some American television coverage. Absolutely, and as you know, in round one, they showed all seven games, eight games, they showed them all on ESPN and TSN2 here, so let's hope the AFL are working really closely now with the American market, because a huge opportunity, even though there will be no fans in the crowd, there might be some cardboard cutouts, Pamela might be there, but as you know, mate, they get 100,000 people there at the grand final, and it is the biggest sport in Australia, number one, and a great chance for some amazing publicity in America, Canada, the rest of the world. And Window Will's a new fan after round one, and he watched the 1989 VFL slash AFL grand final. So check that out on YouTube. It was rough and tough, and the game was different back then, but it's still great, mate. Mick Aussie. All right. Uh, you're great, Mick, uh, as well. Stay safe. Uh, thanks a lot for stepping up and in the joint. Uh, Mick Aussie. Good stuff, Mick. Have a thanks good a one, lot, Mick. guys. Have a great time. See you later. It's great, uh, great technology. Like, uh, we, we, I, we, know, we know a lot of people that have a hard time using a phone. Um, yes. you know, sometimes it can be challenging with guests, but hey, Mick's shot was pretty good. Mick uh, steps up and in from the vehicle. Little uh, road rage. Uh, for Mick Aussie uh, right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap things uh, up. <laughs> 